Tonight we're going to continue on our second part of Jesus and identity. And we're going to look at the title is The World Upside Down. Now we know that we live in a world today that it's all, everything is about us. We live in a world that everything is about me as we think about our social medias. We always, you know, on Facebook, we always on Twitter, we always proclaim what we're doing. It's the world like revolves around us. But as we look at God's word, we have to understand that that is not what God wants us to do. The world should never revolve around us. The world should always revolve around Him. And our lives should always revolve around Him. Our lives should always be about Him. You know, we sang a song, Let It Be Jesus. And that's what it should be in our lives. Every day of our lives, that's what it should be about. And tonight we want to look at this, and I want to read a couple of stories. I want you to think about this for a second. Glenn James lives in Boston. He is also homeless. And in September of 2013, Glenn was at a shopping mall in Boston where he found a backpack. The interesting thing is the backpack contained over $40,000 in cash and traveler's checks. How do you think the story ends? If you answer, James immediately took the backpack to the police where they were able to locate his owner, you would be correct. Why would a homeless man return the backpack without taking even a dollar for his trouble? Even if I were desperate for money, I would not have kept it, even a penny of the money I found, said James. James credits God with taking care of him, even as he is without a home or a steady income. True story. Think about that for a second. How many times do we complain about stuff, that we can't get the things that we want? We complain a lot. Here it is, a homeless man finds a backpack with $40,000 in it. Let's be honest. How many of us in this room are going to go try take that to the um, mall directory or the police? <laughs> How many of y'all you know, say, my, like, uh, you ain't going to see, the person ain't going to see a little thousand going from there. <laughs> oh, let me go for a little, hey, let me go buy something for me. Let me go buy a couple things, then I go return it. You see, the problem is, is that's about, we are so concerned about us being happy. Second story. On Wednesday night, August 25th, 2013, the owner of a store in northern New Jersey got a call that his store had been broken into. He went to his store and looked at it, the surveillance tape. What he, sho- what he found shocked him. Four teenagers walked into the empty store. It seemed the owner had accidentally left the door unlocked, assuming it was open. They grabbed some batteries and some other items and tried in vain to find a cashier. Captured on video camera, the teenagers left money for their purchases on, on the counter, including tax sales, and then left. The owner was so surprised with their honesty that he tracked the students down. It turns out they all played football for a local high school. The boys were rewarded with a gift certificates by the store owner and received tons of support for their community. What do these stories have in common? What do they have in common? What do these two stories have in common? Hmm? Pardon? They were honest people. They were recognizing that, hey, just like those guys, those guys could have went to the store and got anything they wanted. And really, it wouldn't have been their fault because the owner left the door unlocked. But what did they do? They didn't just leave the money there. They even calculated a tax on how much it would cost. Now, you imagine us right now with that. All right? 
If anyone of y'all, if anyone in here upset at VAT more than me, I don't know. But anyway, but VAT, right? Just think about a second, right? You go in the store, and I don't know about you, but I find that you know a lot of times, you know, VAT has almost cost me not to be able to buy something because you know I'm thinking I only got to pay this, and then that VAT gets put on there, and it's like you know what? I don't have any money, okay? But anyway. How many of you would be willing to say, you know what, I found this batteries, I'm going to calculate the battery on my phone to give that person. Leave it there. A lot of us wouldn't do that. We might say, you know what, I'll be nice and leave $5 for them batteries and forget about the bat. At least that's what they could do for me. But these, they were not about this. How about the guys in the store? What do you think the most people would have done? The same as these guys, or do you think most people would have walked out without paying? How many of y'all think people would mostly walked out without paying? Let's be honest, most people would have. Because like I said, it wouldn't have been their fault. As we continue, as we look at this, we've got to understand what Jesus has to say about our identities. We're going to look at the truth that Jesus passes along, that same exact opposite of what the world leads us to believe. And through this, looking at this passage tonight as we look into it, we're going to see exactly how we as believers are supposed to be serving others instead of always wanting credit for everything. So if you have your Bibles... You turn to Mark chapter 9, verse 33 to 37. Actually, you don't, you don't probably, no one has the Bible. But as a, as a way of introduction, this world we live in glorifies the idea of self. You don't need to look much further than Instagram, Twitter feeds, you know, selfies, and even that. Self-centeredness is in the heart of all sin. The desire to be great, to be known, to be recognized, applauded is a byproduct of our sin nature. But in this passage, Jesus flips this understanding on his ear. Jesus says, to be first is to be last. Grasping this truth is essential if we want to continue to understand our identity in Christ. You know, let's be honest. As we look at and we think of this world today, you know, we, you know, we went as far to even make a selfie stick. And many people have bought that. You know, it's like, you know, because you know what it sells us? It's about us. We're not even concerned nowadays to take pictures of other things. We're more concerned taking pictures of ourselves. And I mean, I mean I, I'll be honest, and I know some of you probably do this, but I, you know what, I'm sure a majority of it, but I can't stand to go and sometimes see on Instagram or, you know, Facebook, where people are in like a public bathroom and they got to have their phone out like this, you know, and be like, take, you know, taking the picture and like posing like this. <laughs> you know, like, it's like a hundred bursts, you know, like just holding the button down, like, you know, you're doing a whole different thing. I, I'm just like, really? Like, you just had to do all of that? Like, did it had to take that long to do all? I mean, like, you're in a public bathroom, by the way. And I mean, let's be honest, I don't want to see the toilet in the background. At least let the door be closed. I don't want to see the person, you know. I don't want to see the toilet. Or urinal. And, the, and guess what? Guys, y'all just like the girls. So don't even play like it's only the girls. I think guys may actually do it more than the girls. All right? I'm not about in the bathroom. All right? But we have become in this whole self-centered world. Mark 9, 33 to 37 says this. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? And this is after Jesus already has 
fed the 5,000. He's done some miracles. He's done all these great things. And disciples, instead of talking about what the great things that God had done, you know, the miracles and all the feeding of the 5,000. I mean, come on. Can you imagine? I, I want to imagine being there that day when Jesus fed the 5,000. I mean, all of a sudden, bam, like, you know, of all this food, you know, you even have, you even have extra baskets of bread, you know, and the list goes on. But they kept silent for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. You know, we have debates all the time about who's the greatest actor of all time, who's the greatest basketball player of all time, who's the greatest this and that and this and that, everything else. We have all these greatest debates. Here it is, the disciples, they're so concerned, not about what Jesus has done, but they're more concerned about themselves. They're more concerned about saying, you know what? I'm great. I'm the greatest. And this isn't the R. Kelly song, The World's Greatest, but this is the real truth. They're worrying about what is the greatest? Who's the greatest? How many of you have ever been in a debate about who's the greatest anything? You ever been in a debate about who's the greatest rapper, who's the greatest, you know, who's the greatest music artist, who's the greatest this thing, that thing, that thing, this thing, that thing, right? But we have to understand something here. That just like in disciples, we fall into the same trap. Because you know what's more concerned about all of us is this. We want to make sure we're great. We want to make sure that we got everything together. We want to make sure that people recognize us. How many of you have ever met a person who you just know when you meet them, they're full of themselves? That the only one, or a person that matters is only them. You ever met people like that? How do people like that make you feel? How do people like that make you feel, be around them? Do you like to be around people like that? They kill your spirit, right? Because you know why? It's all about them. It's about them looking good. And here the disciples are no different. They're, they're, their mindset is saying, look, I'm the greatest. You know what? I was closer to Jesus when he did that miracle. You know, I, I can imagine a debate going on. Like, the dumbest things probably was coming into this debate. Because they wanted to prove that they were the greatest. It goes on, verse 35, And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said this to them, if anyone be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. In our mindset, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make no sense that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. That makes no sense to any of us. Because we think that the greatest person in the world, who we think is the greatest person, we think that they should be the first one to do, do anything. We have people all over the world who we need to recognize that the greatest thing, and we, as we see Jesus, we need to recognize Jesus as the example for us. If we identify and we say we are related to Jesus Christ, we're first of all to be a servant of him. You know, you ever met people who they're just leaders? They're just a boss person. They tell you what to do. They do this thing, that thing, and tell you to do this, but they're not willing to do it. How many of you met people like that? Well, they tell you what to do, but they're not willing to do it themselves. I remember 
And I think I've told you so, but I remember go, grow, um, being a youth pastor at another church in Spanish Wells. And one day, one of my other youth leaders came to me and said, the toilet's clogged up. So what did I tell him to do? I say, well, go get the plunger and clog the toilet. But, but that was too disgusting for him. He couldn't do that. So, would it have been better? For, what, what should I have done? Should I say, you know what? I'm the youth pastor. I need to find someone else to do that. I could let one teenager go do that because guess what? I ain't doing that. No, no, no. I went and got the, and this thing give me a pat in the back. But I went and got the plunger, and let me to be honest, this was a nasty place because it actually already was on the ground and everything else. It was nasty. And I was in there plunging this toilet. But listen, listen. Listen. I plunged the toilet because I said this. If I'm not willing to do that, then how can I expect someone else to be willing to do it? Because you know what we have to do? We have to lead by example. We have to be willing to, to sacrifice our popularity. We have to be willing to sacrifice um, everything about us for Jesus' identity. And verse 36 says, And he took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms, and he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever sees me receives not me, but him who sent me. I have a question. How many of y'all love children? How many of you love when a child comes and gives you a love and, you know, hugs you and, you know, you feel special, right? I think that's why Jesus used the child there. Because you know what we look at children as being very cute. Most of the majority of children are cute, right? Maybe some teachers may say that's not true, right? But we gotta recognize that, hey, you know what? God wants it, Christ wants it to be different. Philippians 2, 3 to 4 says this. Do nothing with rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself, that each of you not look out for his own interests, but also to the interests of others. There's a Jesus, you know, there's Paul talking about what Christ, and if we go any further, it says to have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Let me ask a question. If Jesus said that day on the cross, I could care less about dying for these people because you know what? I haven't sinned. I don't need to die for myself. I, I didn't do anything wrong. No, what did Jesus do? He thought about us. He thought about you. He thought about me. That was a sacrifice he made. Because he didn't do anything wrong. In fact, he became sin. He came to pay that price for us. Did Jesus ever sin? No. He was perfect. No reason to die for himself. What about you? What about me? Are we willing to take this meism off of ourselves and make, stop making the world about us, making them think about it's all about me? Do we really look out for the interests of others?
you know, you're, you're going to see this person, and, and, and for us, it's probably more for guys. You're going to see this guy. You can see he could trip down. And instead of you allow it and, and saying, you know what, hey, watch out for that puddle or watch out for that. You know what you do? Let him, let him, let him go. And you want to laugh at him afterwards. Put it on Snapchat, put it on everything else, right? You see, we live in this world today that basically every, if everyone looks out for themselves. In our country, you know, I hear stories, and I don't know about you, um, but I like to talk to older people sometimes. Because older, older people give you a perspective of what this country used to be. When you used to be able to, you know, used to be real communities. You used to know your neighbor. You used to know the people next door. You used to know people, talk to them. But now, everyone's about themselves. I mean, I'm, and I'm talking to myself. I have five people in one, well, four people in one complex. I only know two out of three families. I mean, two out of the four families who are there. Actually, no, I know three out of four. I, I, I just introduced myself over Christmas. But the reality is, that's what we are like. We only worry about us. us. We come home, do our thing. You know, we, we don't worry about anybody else. What if, Jesus, what if God did that to us? We'd be in trouble. We'd be in serious trouble. So I want to challenge you tonight. And as we go in our small group, we're going to look at these questions. Do you think the world revolves around you? And you know what? No one in their right mind is probably going to admit that. I don't think there's no one and probably going to say, yeah, yeah, the world revolves around me. No one's going to do that. Secondly, why do you think the world struggles so much with meism? That it's all about me. Why do you think the world struggles with that? Thirdly, how do you look out for those around you? How do you look out for the interests of those around you? Fourth, what if Jesus had to only look out for himself? How would that affect the world? Some serious thoughts to think about. And as we go in our small groups, I want us to discuss that. And I hope tonight that, you know what? Again, like last week, you won't have an identity with Jesus if you never place your faith and trust in him. And it's sad to say, I think some of you in this room have never done that. So you don't know what your identity, identity is. You don't know if something had to happen to you. And let's be honest, this country we're living in, it can happen to anyone. You know, we used to think and we used to try and make excuse that, hey, you know what? It's only for the drug dealers. It's only those who are sweetheart. It's only for this, that person. No, no. They're going out to innocent people now. We never know when it's our last chance. So if you never place your faith and trust in Christ, and I don't like to scare no one. I don't want anyone to get scared. But be ready. If someone came to my house and tried to shoot me, yeah, I would be upset, I would be scared, but you know what I know where I spend eternity. Do you? Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And we thank you for each person who is here. And we pray now that as we go in our small groups that you'll be on in all that we do. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.